are listening to How We Met. back to another episode of How We Manage. I'm your host, Emerson Sirk, and this is episode 27. Uh, we're going to do uh, NFL Week 7 recap um, and uh, fantasy football matchup recap here. So I'm joined on this episode by my co-manager for the day, my mom. How are you doing? Great, Emerson. Thanks for having me. So like I said, we got a lot to get into for our matchup. Um, week 7 is in the books for the NFL season. So that's we're gonna kind of dive into that and uh it should be it should be a fun little conversation here before we get into it i want to shout out the instagram account for this podcast so it's at how we manage with the underscores so give that a follow tell your friends about it and let's get into it so our matchup recap here so for the 301 league that uh i've had a few other co-managers on uh from this the league that have been matched up with me in the past um they have that summary uh that is auto generated by nfl fantasy so i have that copied here i'm gonna read through this give the people a good understanding of how the matchup went and then we'll talk the nitty-gritty of like starts hit stuff um all that all that so let's just get right into it here so nfl week seven uh here i, I should also say so i'm space force like like i've, I've said before and you are beastie Okay. The title of this article is Fueled by Unexpected Output from Eno Benjamin, Beastie Beats Space Force. With the bonus production from Eno Benjamin playing a critical role, Beastie Beats Space Force 108 to 87. The Arizona running back registered 21 points to lift Beastie to a 21 point win, exceeding his 5.8 point projection. In addition to Benjamin, Josh Jacobs led the way with 35 points. Benjamin also recorded his highest point total of the season. Each team left something on the table as Beastie had one starter turn in zero points and Space Force also had one. Beastie, 4-3, climbs into second place while Space Force, 4-3, drops to third. Kenyon Drake had plenty of opportunities for Space Force but could only manage 5 total yards on 11 touches. While Stefan Diggs led Beastie matchups, led Beastie matches uh, with 25 points per game, Jake, Jacobs now has been the team's top scorer in two of the past three weeks. In addition to the fantasy victory, Beastie was keen enough to select winners in real football as well. What the hell does that mean? Each of their starters played on victorious NFL teams in Week Seven. Oh. Yeah, it means that the players that we have on our fantasy teams actually were on teams that won. <laughs> okay, it's an and, and interesting that, analysis. And that wraps it up there. So there it is. You you took home the win. Um, I guess where I want to start the conversation, the recap of the matchup is Josh freaking Jacobs. <laughs> this guy, I, I, I this is the second week in a row, I think, or I think they had a buy in there, so. Um, maybe it was like two of the last three weeks where I have lost pretty much solely due to Josh Jacobs. Like I lost to Julian in my other league because Josh Jacobs popped off. And now to you here, he had 35, he had three touchdowns. He was also my fantasy player of the week. So what it, Josh Jacobs, like just how happy are you to have this man? 
it's it's really great. Remember last year I had Cooper Cup and I tried to tell everybody uh, my even though he is so exciting to watch and that's going to be great. You can't just have everything rely on one player and one team week after week. And this week I had Diggs as a buy, but then you had a buy, didn't you? Yeah, uh, had, and you had, had to Jefferson. sit one of your, yeah, you had Jefferson. So, so we were that could be a watch. I think it's funny that I have not read the uh, fantasy analysis that they are going off on Benjamin. And that is awesome. But I don't know Josh if I'd Jacobs really call is, it analysis. Oh, well, their <laughs> shout out to, you know, what happened they that really week like, in the recap. You know, Benjamin, apparently. They really do. And I think that was good. But, um, I did not have only one player that scored zero. Well, a true zero, and that that's uh, uh, Corey Davis, who I was playing versus Elijah Moore because he was getting a lot more touches than Elijah Moore. Uh, but I believe he was injured. I was on a plane, so I wasn't able to actually see a lot of what had happened. But I, I believe he was injured in the first quarter of the game. I'm not sure, but he had zero. But I think the big story is my combo of Lamar and Mark Andrews that could get me 70 points literally got me 11 points because Andrews got zero. He had 0.4 that rounds to zero. So that to me, that if without Jacob's performance to overcome the deficit of two of your players getting zero, it's just, it's pretty amazing. But then you also had one player that, that had zero, right? No, I, I mean, Kenyon Drake was, Oh, he had half a point. Yeah, you're right. So you had two. So it was just kind of a fluke. Yeah, I'm going to take this back for a second here and just kind of rant a little bit here about the uh, the, the (laughs) damn Ravens. I mean, what the (laughs) hell is going on? Like, they won this game. Yeah. Like, how do they win this game with nobody having production? Well, thank goodness I have Tucker. He had some production. Tucker in the defense, I guess. But, yeah, so let's just put ourselves in the Ravens' shoes, right? So you have J.K. Dobbins is like you're you're starting running back. I think the whole, the franchise looks as J.K. Dobbins is like the dude, and he the previous game against the Giants doesn't look great. He ends up only playing the first half. He allegedly re-injured his knee or something in the and during that game, so he didn't play in the second half. So in his absence, Kenyon Drake came in, balled out, absolutely looked incredible was going up against a really good Giants rush defense and did really well. Had over 100 yards on a few touches, had a touchdown. So, Kenyon Drake looks really good. Let's go into next week now. So, Kenyon Drake uh, is still still there, still healthy. Jakey Dobbins rolled out. So, they are now activating Gus Edwards off the IR. Gus Edwards (laughs) hasn't played in a year and a half (laughs) because he had a worse injury than J.K. Dobbins who just came back. And is now like re-injured and stuff. So you're the Ravens. You have a really good Kenyon Drake, or he looks really good now. And you have a Gus Edwards that's coming off an injury, um, but he's been training to get back. What's the split between the two? Turns out it's like dominant only Gus Edwards because Kenyon Drake is apparently ass and can't play football when it goes up against other teams, apparently other than the Giants. So yeah, he gets seven touches, but it's like shit touches, like handoffs up the middle. And he has nothing. So hey, Lamar. <laughs> so yeah, Gus Edwards had, had a great day, and Kenny he, Drake sucked. So the, I made a decision for that too, and I was like, I, uh, it was a reasonable safe. decision. And Weston, who had Gus Edwards, <sighs> didn't play him because you would not think to play him for the reasons that you said, and he would have been that. That could have been the difference in in his win loss situation. Um, but again, when you have such a swing, I still don't know what happened with Mark Andrew. 
Mark Andrews. Well, they just didn't throw the ball. No, that's what I'm saying. Well, well, overall, yeah, yeah, 10 points for Lamar is a bad production, but you would at least see something. Now, I did hear him called out. And again, not being able to watch the full game, being on an airplane, traveling back from work. Thank you for your service. Thank you for my federal government service. Yes, thank you. I'm not in the DOD. You know that. So what I thought was going to be an obvious well at least he'll do something they called him out for doing some good blocking and doing some allowing gus edwards to possibly get the ball in the end zone i mean i heard his name mentioned Ooh. a couple of times but yeah i i just that was so disappointing but that's uh, I, let's, let, let's, can, let's can i let's bring up another player no well, i was going to structure the conversation oh. here a little bit okay we um, need structure yeah, we do. It's Structure very, is good. Very organized here. Okay. Because um, I, I want to talk about start to sit decisions. Because oh, we've okay. been we've been talking about players and kind of all that stuff, but I want to get into the details of the decisions that we had to make about players in our lineup here. So I'll let's start with you here because we each kind of had similar decisions to make. Mm-hmm. We each had a second running. We had one running back that was for sure. For me, it was Saquon. For you, it was Josh Jacobs. And then that second running back was kind of a debate there. So for you, it was between Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Eno Benjamin. Mm-hmm. So how did you make that decision? Um, thanks for asking that, Emerson. I really am a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fan. I know that he's been a little inconsistent, <laughs> but when people he produces, know I am too. <laughs> well, when he and I know, and believe me, they yeah, I could say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but that's just what? coincidental. No, that I liked him. You are, I am the what, tree, you're and you are I the got apple. My, Love like, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. From you? Yeah, that it was a joke, but that's okay. Don't go into it. Um, that was a tough decision because. I also think I jinxed myself and I second guess myself a lot. And there's really no good gut instinct I have with this. I end up overanalyzing it. I look to see other pieces of information that could contribute. So I really, really wasn't sure. But I, I picked up Benjamin because of his supposed uh, starting role yeah. uh, with the injuries um, on the Cardinals. So I was... I I felt good about him. And in fact, if I can share, um, I didn't even realize that I was playing you because, again, it was a pretty intense work week at a conference. And I then saw my matchup and I didn't do anything. I wasn't really looking at the waiver wire at that point. And I said, you know what? I'm playing you. So you're not going to really give me honest, open advice because you want to win this week and I want to win this week. But you did say if it was you, you'd probably play Edward Solaire. And I get that. But something just told me, let's go with Benjamin. And um, I didn't have the ability to check the status of the other starters at that point to see where they were. And sometimes I think there was a decision made, you know, 45 minutes before game time, we're going to announce whether somebody's on. So when you decided to go with Eno Benjamin, you weren't sure that he was going to be the starter? No, they had not said yet whether it was a Connor. God damn it. Uh, yeah, James Conner is the starter Yeah, there, they did like, not... It was a game-time decision. Okay, so here I am, and, and I can't get data on the airplane, um, and I am, you know, prior to that, I was just trying to find a report, and nothing was updated. So I just started Googling, is James Conner playing? And finally, 
uh, I saw something, but then if you read the report, it wasn't as clear as it should be that indicated that he probably was not playing. So I just said, let's go with Benjamin. So yeah, it wasn't a hundred percent clear. So that was a little bit nerve wracking, but, um, well, I mean, it turned out to be the right decision. It Clyde Edwards still got a touchdown stuff, but he didn't have, you know, 25 points or whatever. He only had somewhere around 10. So and remember, that, that was that was a good one. Let, let me let me let me sure. take it over to my side sure. for a little bit here and then we'll, sure. we'll ping pong this here. So for my RB2, I made the wrong decision, obviously, with and uh, I played Kenny and Drake and what I kind of ranted about. Um I had a few other options on my team. Like I was leaning like Brian Robinson for the commanders, because he seems like he's been like the main touch leader for that team at least. So it was like him, AJ Dillon had a good matchup and I thought, you know, maybe this is the week that the Packers stop sucking and then the offense can do stuff, but that was incorrect. They still suck. Damian Harris was coming back from an injury, and I was like, well, maybe they have an easy matchup. He also gets some, like, touches. Nah, he didn't get any touches. So my bench also kind of sucked. So at least I didn't leave any, like, like large total of points on the bench, but um, I probably was leaning like Robinson or Drake. And when I saw the, the J.K. Dobbins news and everything, even though they activated Gus Edwards, I was like, well, it's probably still going to be largely Kenny and Drake. So that was incorrect. Um, and that's kind of what was a big hole in my team. But let's go to the, the wide receivers. So for your team, it looked like you had two. You were definitely playing Tyler Lockett. And then you had two wide receivers to play because you had Diggs that was on a bye. Yep. And then you've had kind of like a whole eight wide receiver three all season. So how did you end up deciding? Um, you ended up playing Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel. You ended up picking up Curtis Samuel to play him. Yes. Um, so how was the, how that decision go? You, you actually dropped Elijah Moore. I did. To pick up. Uh, Curtis Samuel. Oh boy. And that kind of, I, I think, and now Weston's picked him up. Uh, Curtis Samuel was, again, either showing for some reports that I was watching for other injuries on the commanders, uh, but it, but he just looked promising. That plus the projections that caught my eye. So then I kind of look into reading about the situation. So I thought, you know what? I don't recall having a Washington player, and I thought that would be kind of cool as well, too. So I chose Corey Davis because of his better performance than Elijah Moore. And then I picked up Curtis Samuel. Now, Tyler Lockett did not get me much. I mean, he had eight and you had Chris Godwin who had eight, but that wasn't the huge performance that I could have expected from him. But um, uh, it was especially in light of Davis getting zero. I, I was pleased with the performance by Samuel. So that's that was that decision yeah, I mean, to pick it up. So Elijah Moore sucked this past week too. So, I mean, you ended up getting positive points from picking up Curtis Samuel over him and playing him. Um, it looked like the other decision. Well, he was zero. Huh. Samuel zero. I mean, oh no, excuse Samuel me. Samuel wasn't. No, Samuel no Corey Davis. I'm sorry. What? No, Samuel Corey got Corey Davis got zero. Yeah, but yeah. Like Elijah Moore also like sucked. So it's not. He like, did. And no, it wasn't like. I mean, if I looked at who was at my bench, and then I had to trade to get him, so I thought I had actually dropped. And and you know what? I'm looking. Uh, Edwards Hilaire did did have nine, which is a good performance. But I know this is off your script, but I just noticed something that I have to point out. You know, in our uh, the lineup that Go shows around. the. What? You don't know what I'm going to say. I know. I was about to say, go ahead. I Stop know. prefacing it. Just, just I'm going to have to tell you that this is it's funny. So you know how it lines up your teams? I'm looking at the matchup, and you start with quarterback. Well, the next is the running backs. I just noticed 
it's Drake and Josh. It was Josh Jacobs versus Kenyon Drake. So I just thought, shout out to Drake and Josh, because that was something that you would watch all the time. I thought that was hysterical. I yeah. guess I'm the only one. No, no I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's jo- it says Jacobs and Drake. It didn't say Drake. Josh. And Josh Jacobs, so you know yeah, Drake, Kenny and and Josh. Drake and Josh. Jacobs. Oh, geez, so so they had to be so both the first names. You know that that's name, funny. You know that's funny. Okay, um, I I was gonna talk about my um, other wide receiver decision to make, and this one ended up actually being a big differential. But it, like looking back, kind of sucks. Um, I ended up going with Romeo Dobbs over George Pickens. Um, that was I needed to play somebody. Those were my bench ones from Jefferson being on a buy. And two rookies, it was like, okay, come on. The the Packers have to have a bounce back game playing against the Commanders. And he's like one of the top receivers and whatnot. So let's see if Romeo Dobbs can, you know, take that step and be that person. This man just drops every other ball that's thrown his way and then gets me a fat zero. And George Pickens looks like he has his like semi breakout game and gets a few few catches, a really good end zone fade route that he brought in. Um, for a touchdown, so that was a tough decision, but that's really what I was assigned there, just match up pretty much and trying to go with like Aaron Rodgers over um, Kenny Pickett, but it's, it's a crazy time in fantasy right now for stuff like that, but there we are. There, those are our decisions. That's how we kind of made them. All the other parts of our lineup seem to be pretty much like weekly starts and all that, so Let's, uh, let's move on to talking about our teams like overall and the confidence that we have in them. So what would you say your confidence level is like for the team, your team, moving forward? I feel good about my team. I don't feel great because I don't think I have a lot of depth in running back and if somebody or even wide receiver for that matter yeah, um, i mean we've been talking about what russell gage and Corey davis and i know and like that's and, and, okay and then who else is on my bench Jeez. Like starters too. well and then uh, you know i have madison because i had dalvin cook and madison last year and madison was there i what does that have Ingram. to do with you having alex and depth. madison this year depth well, because like I had Madison because I had Dalvin Cook last year. Because if Dalvin Cook gets injured, I have somebody that you know that that that, that does well. Um, That's true. Mark Ingram was supposed to. I like Mark Ingram, but you know, shout out back in the what Ravens days, um, he had a little production this this game. But I really don't have anybody. I I don't have a lot of good depth right now, so it really is going to depend. And <clears throat> you know, I'm in my confidence, but obviously. If I've got a lot invested in the Ravens fantasy production and when you have both Lamar and Mark Andrews perform like this, it was just a lucky win. You know, you look at your bench and yeah, you could have gone another way on decisions and you could have won this week if you played a couple of other players, but you made reasonable assumptions. I really didn't. I I made the right calls. Um, so yeah. it, it's now moving forward with injuries. I think I have three people that look like for um, week eight, I'm going to be in trouble and, you know, or possibly in trouble, but you know, it's early with the designation, but Josh Jacobs is questionable. Tyler Josh Jacobs is nice. Fine. Okay. Well, he's listed as, and Mark Andrews is still listed as questionable. And what I wonder about with him Mark is, Andrews that, is gonna play. well, even if he plays, he played last time and got, you know, 0.4 fantasy and you know, nothing. So yeah, but that's, that, that's, that's your team. You drafted the Ravens. So I am, you live and die by the Ravens. I'm very happy with the, with, 
who I drafted in some of their crazy production because no. there's, you know, it's... You you mentioned that you have, like, a lack of depth and stuff that that's kind of concerning to you. What would you say your strategy is moving from here to improve that? Is it just, like, hope that people come on the waiver wires? Are you going to try to, like, make a trade? Are you going to draft people you're hopeful for? Like, what's your strategy for gaining more depth? I think I would be more willing to trade if I felt really confident about one position and that I had enough depth that I could give somebody away and not and gain something. I, I don't really feel like I'm in that spot. So my most um, likely scenario would be waiver wire, picking somebody up um, if there's last minute, you know, figuring out if they're say lower down in the depth chart that their starters aren't aren't all doing well or something. So I do a combination of things. One is you all look at the things where it says the most drafted players or waiver wire players secured. Um, sometimes in the top 10 where they show it nationwide, there are a couple that are not on our teams. They're not rostered. Um, sometimes they're all rostered. But when I see a player that I hear a report that maybe the team isn't doing really well and so that they, you know, due to injuries, so that they may be elevated. Mm -hmm. And I see that they've been picked up and perhaps I hear another, or or I see that there's an uh, easy matchup, but I don't really believe in easy matchups. I believe anybody can beat anybody in this. I, you know, look at a multiple factors to that go into it. So my more likely scenario is to be just trolling that waiver wire, see who other people drop and figure it out. Yep. Weston offered me a... Uh, a pretty decent trade for the Ravens defense um, one time, and I didn't Mom, take stop, it. Let's stop talking and about defense. No, no, Seriously. no. It was it wasn't just the defense. He was going to give me no, what I, Aaron yeah. Jones? No, or that that was Tony. I yeah, don't know. He'll give you Aaron Jones for the Ravens defense. There you yeah. go. Um, but okay. so yeah. How, it how, like how you do a... you feel? Do you feel confident about your team moving forward? Yeah. So I mean, I got. I got kind of screwed by an injury here. I mean, I, I just traded for Mike Williams, and I had Justin Herbert, so I was like excited about that combination there, and it did well for me one one this past week. But it seems like Mike Evans, I think Mike Williams, he's got the high ankle sprain, so he's going to be out for like four to six weeks or something. So even if he does come back, it's going to be late in the season, and that was one of my key key receivers. So I've still got some good pieces. I feel like weekly I'm going to be figuring out who my best RB2 to play is behind Saquon and who my best wide receiver three to play is behind Jefferson and Godwin. But the key pieces are there. Like I got Kelsey, so that's that's a bucket. I got Justin Herbert, so he's, he's solid and stuff. So overall, I like the team. I like the squad. I think I have good pieces. I just don't have too much depth, actually. Um, it's just something that I've had to adjust for injuries for and all that, but... I like the team. We're we're both four and three. We're both, you know, you're you're two in the league in the standings right now. I'm I'm three because it's according to points four. Um, but overall, this league is very competitive. The nine of yes. the nine of the twelve of us are either three and four or four and three. We got Ryan who's like up the top by like two games, and then we got a couple dudes chilling at the bottom. So it's competitive. I think very this will be a very uh very like fun next few weeks of the season to see who you know, kind of breaks away a little bit there and uh, who starts sucking even more. So fun times, <laughs> fun times. Right. So uh, uh, updates, I guess, across my other leagues here, it's getting kind of intense in, uh, in, in my big baller league. There's, you know, a bunch of like trades and stuff happening. I'm 
kind of I'm three and four there, so I'm kind of trying to claw my way back into uh, to the playoff contention. I'm right on the bubble outside of it now, so I, I got to figure out what to do. I don't really like that team too much, um, but you know, just got to put some people in that can get points and just see what happens at this point. So that that's happening. Um, kind of rolling through with the little ballers as well. I'm actually I think I'm at the top of that league. I'm five and two. Um, it's a it's a fourteen team league, so there, a lot of crazy stuff can happen there. But exciting stuff overall across football. Uh, we're rolling on. Next week, uh, for everybody listening in, we got week eight to talk about. So that, that'll have happened. I'll bring on somebody else that I'm matched up with, do a little rundown of our matchup and other stuff going on in the fantasy world, sports world, and all that, and get back at it. But I appreciate you coming on, Mom, having a nice, nice fantasy football conversation here. Good luck to you the rest of the season. Thank you, Commissioner. Of course, of course. Uh, See everybody next week. Bye, everyone.